0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ask Mike show. Mike here and I'm joined with Amber Renee. Amber, thanks for being a guest on the show.
1: I'm excited to be here, Mike. Thanks for letting me connect with the Ask Mike audience.
0: So Renee is a serial entrepreneur and a TV star. She's inspiring women to rediscover their wow factor through building their dream digital business. So we're going to talk about a lot of how to convert what you know or what you're best at into an online business. But before we, before we dive into that, Amber, because you were not always a, a TV star, TV personality, you had a life before all of this. So share a bit about that. Share about where you, where you came from and how you got started.
1: I have had several lives before this current life. I feel like I've squeezed about five lifetimes into into this lifetime. So my first uh, existence or iteration, I should say, was as a civil engineer. I used to work on a construction site building roads and bridges. That, bit, that job was great, but it certainly wasn't my passion. So if anyone's looking at their job right now going, oh, it's not really, you know, pays really well, very reliable, very stable, but not my passion, not what I'm interested in doing. So that was where I first started. What my passion always was, was to run a fashion label. Ever since I was... Sort of six or seven years old, I used to make my own clothes and I used to sell all my own clothes to my friends at school and I quit my engineering job and started my first business, which was a fashion design label. So that business started with me on a sewing machine. The first week we made four shirts, the next week we made eight shirts and sold those. And then five years later, I had 120 accounts around the world. We exported to Paris, Tokyo, LA and South Africa I did runway shows all over the globe and dressed some of the biggest celebrities of the day, which back in the day was Paris Hilton. And this was before the internet, Mike. So, for us to do influencer marketing and get international accounts before the internet, it was kind of a big deal. Hmm. Yeah. So, that was the first iteration of business. And that was all I ever wanted to do. I only ever wanted to run a fashion label my whole life. It was my dream since I was a little girl. And that business was great until. <laughs> this was my dream, dream. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. It's all right. Sorry. My TV has just turned itself on. Um, my, so I'm just going to start from that from the start. This was my dream business ever since I was a little girl. It's all that I've ever wanted to do. And I I thought I was going to run that business my whole life. Only, uh, I say the universe lovingly pushed me out of that business. So um, the manufacturer that I had set up offshore, they went out of business, which forced me to go out of business. So I found myself uh, bankrupt by that point I had worked myself basically to death. So I was hospitalized with cancer. I had stomach ulcers. I was on anti-anxiety and antidepressants, and uh, basically had no, you know, no passion. I had no purpose. Like that's all that I ever wanted to do for as long as I could remember. So that was sort of the first instance of me, you know, deep diving into a, a huge life change and and unpacking what that looks like in terms of ego and identity because that was the first business I ever created I had a lot of ego wrapped up in that business you know I was that label so when it ended you know it was a difficult extremely difficult time and we can certainly chat about it a little bit later Um, so that was my second business I swore uh, first business I swore I would never ever ever have another business ever again That lasted about a year. Turns out I'm a terrible employee. So after uh, going back and getting a day job for about a year, I realized that I just, I'm a born entrepreneur. So I started my second business, which was a fashion styling business. So this is a one-on-one consulting business. So this started with me. I just moved to a new town. I had no contact, no network, no clue, no idea. And I just woke up and changed my email signature from fashion designer to fashion stylist and figured the rest out from there. So three years after running this business, I got offered two of the best contracts in the country. I was the fashion editor for Women's Health and Fitness magazine and the resident stylist for Southern Cross Australia, which at the time was our biggest radio and TV network. So I had these two really sweet uh, fashion styling jobs, which most people would work for a decade or, or, or an entire career, and they wouldn't get either of them. But I got two of these amazing contracts. At the time, I was also a TV presenter for Fashion TV Australia. So I was living my best hashtag fashion life. I was dressing celebrities for events like the Cannes Film Festival. I was interviewing A-list celebrities like Ruby Rose and Annie McDowell. And I was just you know immersed in all the glamour and fashion and fashion styling. So again, I thought that this was my best life and I would never have ever have quit that life. I you know, thought it was you know, the best thing that I could ever do. But again, the universe had other plans for me. So again, the universe came along and lovingly pushed me out of that career. And in a similar kind of instance of what I feel like people are experiencing right now. So um, as people are going through changes, thanks to the current global, global crisis, I was going through ch- changes thanks to the global financial crisis. So um, the GFC, uh, the effects of the GFC finally hit Australia and all monies for things like fashion styling and TV presenting dried up and I was left unemployed and unemployable. So I could not get work as a fashion stylist. I couldn't not get work as a fashion designer. I tried to go back to the construction site. They wouldn't even give me a job and I had absolutely nothing left. So again, was faced with this, this, just extreme depression and this extreme um, lack of purpose, lack of sense of self, lack of identity, and again had to really rebuild myself and pick myself up and figure out what the next iteration of my life was going to look like so at the time and and you know we talk about people discovering their purpose, and we can get into this a bit later, but at the time, all that I had left was the knowledge I just knew a lot about running a really successful fashion stylist, and there was no one teaching it. There was no one helping other people. There were no mentors. You couldn't go and do an online course. It didn't exist. So my brother at the time was like, you should create an online course teaching people how to become a fashion stylist. And so not knowing anything about digital marketing, I sat down one day, got my iPhone out and just recorded everything that I know about building a really successful fashion styling business. And that uh, e-course is now one of my most successful e-courses. It makes me six figures every year on complete autopilot. I haven't looked at it or touched it since the day that I record. well, since the first year that I had this business. And this business has now gone on to be this multi six figure global brand where I have now four six figure e-courses that teach various things that I've learned over the years. So the first e-course teaches fashion styling. The second e-course teaches personal branding and all the stuff that I learned as a celebrity stylist and tv presenter so how to be the face of your brand and communicate powerfully the third e-course is all about mindset because as you've just heard i had to develop a pretty rock solid mindset to get myself through some of those hardships and then the fourth e-course is my latest one which is called freedom funnels which teaches you how to build this business so how to create e-courses and how to automate them through funnels. And I share these stories because I would never have chosen an e-course business. You know, all that I ever wanted to do was the fashion lifestyle. You know, I love fashion. I love glamour. And I would never have, you know, I never thought, oh gee, I just want to work from my laptop on a deserted island. You know, I would never have chosen it, never in my wildest dreams. But it turns out that this business is actually way more in alignment with my values with my uh, Goals in life with actually my personality because I'm a huge introvert So I actually don't like going to parties and events and meeting people. I love sitting behind my computer I love teaching. I love sharing knowledge. I love empowering people. And so this business is so much more aligned uh, But I would never have chosen it. So if people are in a current situation where they're going Hey, the universe is pushing me out of my current situation my current job my current business and they're not sure where to head, where to pivot, this catchphrase at the moment, they're not sure what the next step is for them. Just remember, it may not feel like what you thought it was going to feel like. You know, it wasn't when I started the fashion label and I knew exactly from day one, I was always going to have that fashion label. No, I never sat around dreaming about working on a laptop and living a remote digital nomad lifestyle, but the universe led me down this path. And as it turns out, it's the most aligned and on purpose that I've ever felt in my life
0: one of the things that i am curious about because you mentioned the the different transition points that you had moving from the the fashion brand to the stylist to now doing a lot of things that you're up to now with the e courses and things like that a lot of the things that you mentioned were you kind of spiraled a little bit and then you had to rebuild rebuild yourself so what's the difference between those transition moments so between the the brand to the stylist what did you do to repurpose yourself almost but then how do you then define yourself now in a way that kind of prevents that from happening again because you had to cultivate this mindset but if you did the same things that you did way back when you might end up repeating the cycle so what was the the difference between those two moments and what you did to to rebuild yourself
1: so i think the the actual rebuilding or the or the starting of the new businesses this is what i talk about when people are figuring out what their purpose is is that we all think that you know we're going to wake up one day and we're going to have this big flashing sign that says this is your purpose look over here this is it but that's not what my experience has been when I've started these businesses. So each of them, after you know, the fashion styling business, which started off the back of a, a period of depression, and then this business, which again started off a similar period. Um, neither of these businesses, I, I, I didn't set out to grow mega brands with either of them. I didn't have big vision. I didn't know it was going to turn into these global brands with you know with all, all the money or anything. I just thought, well. That's what I'm interested in doing that day. That's what I'm passionate about learning about. And I just was happy enough to go and do it for free and learn about it and experience it because it 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 made me feel good. It lit me up. It gave me purpose. It gave me a sense of self. It made me feel like I was passionate about something again. And that's how what I believe is finding a purpose. I don't think it's this big flashing light. And I don't think it's, you know, um, something you maybe it's something you've always dreamed of, but mostly it's something that like, you're interested enough in learning about and doing for free or for, you know, for, to help people, that's where your purpose will come from. Because in my experience, and and certainly in this e-course business, um, I just, I just started this. I remember in my first year, I took 18 e-courses about how to do e-courses. So I learned about digital marketing. I learned about funnels. I learned about email marketing. I learned about copywriting. And I did that because I was passionate about it. It wasn't because I was you know, imagining I was oh, I'm going to work on a laptop in a tropical island. No, it wasn't because of that. It was because I just followed my passion. I followed my bliss. And I feel like that's where people go wrong with this whole thing is that they go, oh, well, you know, I can't see the big end goal of the global business. Well, no, don't aim for that just yet. At the moment, you just want to aim for what are you happy enough to do for free, even if it never pays your bills for you?
0: One of the things that some people may be thinking about is maybe starting a course or maybe starting this online business, especially with the way the world is right now. It's so uncertain. Everything's different. Everything's up in the air. No one really knows What's happening? There's a lot of confusion going on, that's for sure, particularly with the people that that I spend my time with anyway. One of the things that might be running through their heads is at what point do you decide to create a course on something? So, the example that that I would probably give would be I don't know, let's just use podcasting as an example, right? Because the very successful podcasters that probably should create courses on how to grow their podcasts don't because they're already doing okay doing their thing right They, they don't need to to do the course so they don't it tends to be the people that create those courses that yeah they feel like obliged to help but the hyper successful people in that particular industry or skill if you will they they feel like they probably don't need it. They don't feel that sense of well, I'll just do this and do that because I don't need to do the course. You know, that that, that tends to be how some of them might think. But what what runs through your mind when you're deciding to put the course together? Because you do come across as someone that would have to have a level of success before they build a course on it. It's not just you read a few books and then you decide to put a course on something. You you do go across as someone that has achieved something, has done something with what knowledge they have, and then they want to help others do the same. But at what point do you turn around and say, okay, the course is what's next?
1: I think if you're looking at when to build a course, I think what 2020 has pointed out to everyone is that the time is now to build your own estate. I call it my estate content. So the time is now to figure out how you're going to get a business online and figure out how you're going to turn your knowledge into cash, basically. So we know at the moment the e-course business is set to it's set to it's currently at something like oh, I think I forgot the numbers, but it's something like three hundred million at the moment, and it's set to uh, triple by twenty twenty five. So it's going to be a mega industry and if you're not getting involved now then you're going to be one of the late adopters what i love about the current market is you know i teach people how to create e-courses and one of the things that i teach when you're just getting started is to go and research your competitors find out what courses are already out there find out what they're charging what their branding is what their messaging is and I have a lot of my students come back to me and they go, Amber, I'm doing something wrong. I just can't find a course on my topic. And I'm like, well, maybe you're doing it right. And that's just the current state of the industry. And then I ask them, you know, what a great place to be in where you're creating a business with zero competitors or you're creating a business with one or two competitors in the entire world. And I think to my best friend who runs a acupuncture business, she's an acupuncturist in, you know, a city of Australia, there would be five acupuncturists in her city and it's not like people are going to fly in from America and get acupuncture from her. It's just not that how it's done, but people buy my courses all over the globe and we, you know, I have two or three competitors on each of my courses. So if you're trying to figure out when is the time to build your e-course, it's now. Now is the time. Get in early, get it done. And if you're thinking about how much of an authority you need to be before you build the course, what I've found is that yes, you absolutely need to have your own um, methodology, your own formula, your own way of doing things. But people, by creating the course, you will create expert status. So again, a lot of people think that it needs to happen in the other way. So they need to be the TV presenter before they teach the course about presenting on camera. But it, in my experience that's not how it has to be you know you need to have certainly developed a level of skills in it but by creating the course about how to present on camera or creating the course about funnels or courses or whatever it is that's when you build the expert status around it and certainly that's what how it's uh, been in the industry if I look at people who are now experts in certain um, areas it's because they created the e-course that created the expert status one of the the
0: curious things that I did notice particularly with some of the stories that you shared initially when we first started our our little chat here is that there was no real sign of what came first you know did you become the TV presenter which opened the doors or did you open the doors yourself and then things started to happen so what What was it like for yourself in terms of the the fashion side? And is that a big part of why you think that, okay, courses can build that status and you you kind of do both things at the same time?
1: The fashion definitely uh, gave me the confidence and the knowledge of being confident with wanting to share that information with someone. And if you think about, you know, everyone has been through some sort of life journey or They've, whether it's in a corporate life or whether it's in their home life or whether it's, you know, like a career like me, some, we've all developed a certain skill set or a certain methodology formula. Um, you know, we, I call it my superpowers in my course. And we all do things in a unique way. Now, the beauty of e-courses is, is that we actually don't buy the course itself. People buy the course because they connect with the teacher. So the people that buy my my courses, they connect with me as my brand. And so that's where your branding and your personal branding and your messaging and your backstory, that's where all of that comes in. And I can't tell you the number of people that said, oh, I saw you on a Facebook ad, you were wearing that blue dress and you said that you had this as your background. I just thought, oh, I just connect with you. And then they went and bought a course but they could have just as easily gone and bought the same course from my direct competitor, but they didn't connect with that person. They connected with me, my story, my messaging, my branding. So that's the great thing about e-courses is that it's not, yes, it's about the transformation that you're providing for people, but it's more so about how you're showing up so that people can connect with you, the person behind the brand.
0: That really does sort of been true for things like brand loyalty I know that with me when I buy because what one of my sports was was tennis and no matter what you could tell me about any of the other brands it was Wilson for me that was the brand that that I would buy and that that sort of broadened out into basketball because that was one of my other sports and I realized oh Wilson have basketball stuff that's pretty cool i love their tennis stuff let's see what their basketball equipment's like and i think that that's something that works because it always has but then it feels a bit weird for a lot of people when they start to be a brand themselves they start to put themselves in the same sort of bucket as the, the Nike or Nike or, or Wilsons of the world. So when that initially started to happen for you, what were the conversations that you had to have? What were the, the rationalizations that you had to go through? Because for some, it was probably dead easy. And then for others, less so. So what was it like for you to go from whoever you were before the brand to then branding yourself as the likes of Wilson or, or Nike of the world? What was that conversation like before you took the, took the plunge?
1: So the biggest fear, this is like a fear or a limiting belief that I see and I communicate solely to female entrepreneurs. For some reason men just don't connect with my glamour and fashion backstory. I'm not sure why, but of all of the female entrepreneurs that I connect with and I educate Uh, 100% of them talk about the exact same fear and the exact same fear of showing up and being seen and how it is Manifested in terms of imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is a psychological belief that if you succeed in a certain way, then you're going to get found out as a phony or a fraud that people are going to realize that You know, you're, you're claiming that you're good at this, but actually you're you're a fake so that's what imposter syndrome is. And it's a wildly documented people, everyone from Sheryl Sandberg to Lady Gaga to Tom Hanks have spoken openly about having imposter syndrome. So probably the biggest block or barrier to putting yourself out there and really calling yourself a brand, whereas a week ago you were just Amber talking about stuff on the internet and now you're Amber a the brand. The biggest block or barrier that I see people having is this imposter syndrome. So the beauty of this is that it's a wildly common. There are books, there are blogs, there are vlogs, there, are, you know, you can read things, you can go speak to a therapist about it, you can do any number of, um, you know, EFT or, or, or emotional uh, healing around it. Um, or you can simply just talk yourself out of it. So, you know, obviously, these days, I've got a pretty rock solid mental, um, you know, mindset. So, uh, and I still experience imposter syndrome these days. So, um, funnily enough, I'm, I, I've just published my first book. It's called Dream Life. I'm sure we're going to get into it. Uh, and Dream Life teaches basically a combination of everything that I've ever taught in my e-courses. So it's sort of a, a, a wrap-up overview of all of my four wildly successful and wildly profitable e-courses. And so, you know, it makes sense that it would be easy for me to write this book and it would be easy for me to publish this book that is, is content that I've already made significant money off of and spoken openly about for years. But for some reason, I had extreme imposter syndrome when publishing this book because now I was going to be an author. And what does that mean? And people people find out that I don't have it. you know, I don't have a comms degree. I never studied writing. I am, you know, I don't, I don't come from a nice school, a good, a good area. Like, God, oh, people like me don't become authors, you know. So there was a whole lot of imposter syndrome that showed up around that next step. And so this is where I see people when they're, putting themselves out there and creating their e-courses. So that it's usually like what I like to say is a um, uh, new level old devil. So you, you think that you're stepping into a new you and a new um, level of achievement and success, but you're getting the old devil, which it, for a lot of females is imposter syndrome. So I see most females come to me when they sign up to the course, if they're going to put a course out and they go, yep, you know, I've got my website done, Amber, I've got my branding done. And they go through all the preliminary, um, uh, you know, modules to get your course together. And when it, when it's time to hit go and to sell that course, they get stuck and they just cannot move past it. And then fortunately we have weekly coaching. So they come in, we do weekly coaching, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, um, like clockwork. And so even just hearing that, like when you're on the other end and you're like, oh, this is totally normal, everyone experiences this when they're putting themselves out there, becoming a brand, creating an e-course, calling themselves an author, whatever it is, and um, and then just coaching yourself through it or seeking a coach out that can coach you through it. But imposter syndrome, I feel, is a big one. Have you experienced that before, Mike?
0: Oh, loads of times. Uh, <laughs> one of the One of the things that I'm actually quite glad that you brought up is that... It, it repeats. It's not a once and done thing. It's a cycle. If you're stretching yourself or pushing yourself, that it's going to happen. You are going to question yourself. You are going to have to have those conversations. And when I when I speak to people about it, I say, look, a lot of it is you have just got to have the conversation with yourself. It sounds weird. It sounds mm-hmm. like you should probably sit in front of the mirror and do it. So it feels like you're talking to somebody. But that, that's what it was for me as well. You know, I'm a, I'm a big introvert as well. So you're definitely not alone in, in that case. I'm a, I was a bit relieved when when I could run things from my laptop myself. So you're definitely not, you're not alone where that's concerned. But what I've noticed is the more that I stretch myself, the more the imposter syndrome comes in. And it feels weird, but there's a part of me that understands it all now. Like I get it. It's part of... Is part of the cycle and one of the things that i feel okay with now but i never used to feel okay with was the simple fact that questioning yourself is actually something you want to do like you hmm. imagine doing something that's massive for the first time ever and you sit there and go everything's gonna be great and which is fine you can think that if you want that's okay but then I would have hit so many more roadblocks and I would have been so unprepared because you can go down the road of everything's going to be great, so I don't need to try because everything would yeah. be great. Well, why, why would you, right? Everything's going to be great. Why would you need to, which is the wrong conversation to have. It should be, everything's going to be great because I'm going to plan. I'm going to train, I'm going to practice, I'm going to do the work that allows me to feel like it's going to be amazing. And I've done this once where I convinced myself that I was amazing, everything was going to be great, everything will fall into place, you know? It would all work out really well. It would all flow amazingly well. And I realized I did nothing to prepare for it. And Mm. lo and behold, it hit me like a ton of bricks, Clean in the face, and I probably had the biggest fail that I'd ever had because mm. I'd positive think my way into something horrible. And I think that when you mentioned that this is a repetition thing, this is gonna keep happening, you're gonna have to learn to have this conversation with yourself, but not in a you're perfect just as you are kind of scenario. In a if you do the work, <clears throat> then you'll get the results that you want. It's not about it's amazing. You're amazing. So you don't have to try. It's are amazing because you do the work that you need to do.
1: 100%. I mean, I don't think anyone who's had any level of success is out here going, you know, just, just, sit there and pep talk yourself into success. I think we both know it it takes a significant level of action. I guess the takeaway here is when you're faced with these fears and these limiting beliefs, what are you going to do about them? So are you going to sit down with yourself in the mirror and have a conversation? Are you going to journal do practices you know what meditate whatever it looks like for you or are you going to let that fear stop you from achieving the thing that you want to achieve and typically what i see is that that fear actually manifests as resistance so all of a sudden they just can't push forward can't push play can't push play can't put the thing out for sale, can't, you know, publish the, the e-course, whatever it is. But really the the underlying fear there is imposter syndrome. So really it's, you know, being aware of uh, are you blocking yourself from achieving what you want to, want to achieve? If you are, then you need to do some work on figuring out where that block is coming from.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with it. I mean, for, for myself as well, I had – I don't know whether it was pride or stubbornness or ego with the whole kind of I could do it and I could do it on my own. So I had the whole stubbornness of I didn't really need the help or I didn't want to take help or I feel like I was weak by asking for help or taking help or agreeing to have help along the way. That was the big thing for me. And as soon as I realized that, you know, you go much further, much faster with help, that was the thing that made me think, well, if I've got big, big ambitions, then <clears throat> it's a little weird for me to not accept help when I'm playing at a level that I've never really been before. Surely it's easier to have someone help you that is above you in that sense to help you speed the process up.
1: So one of the greatest takeaways that I've realized in this business, which I wish that I'd figured out in my first two businesses was a thing that Tony Robbins calls mastery. So mastery is where he says, that you download, you find someone who's done the things that you want to achieve in your business and you download all of their knowledge, wisdom, and insight into your business, bypassing that blood, sweat, and tears phase. So this was something that I only figured out in this business. As I mentioned already, in my first year in this business, I took 18 e-courses because they were there. They were available. Every time I woke up and realized, I know nothing about email marketing, I would find someone selling a course, I bought the course, I implemented that day, The next week I found another course. I did that course. I implemented that course. And as a result, this business grew really quickly. So that blood, sweat and tears phase only lasted about the first six months. And I made six figures in the first year of this business. Now in my other two businesses in fashion, there is no such thing as helping someone in the fashion industry. The fashion industry is extremely private and secular. You would never that you, could, you couldn't even get a mentor in the industry. You know, you couldn't even pay someone to help you. It's just not how that industry is set up. So for me to try and figure out, you know, as a 20-something on a sewing machine, how do I sell clothes? You know, how do I set up an offshore manufacturing facility? How do I get my clothes stocked in all the biggest biggest boutiques? How do I export? All of those things, I had to blood, sweat, and tears that I had to figure it out the hard way. And, and for me, sadly... Most of my the way that I do things is the hard way I tend not to take the easy route for some reason I just like to do it all the very difficult route. So my first two businesses felt like I was just Pushing a battle uphill like I was just constantly battling trying to figure it out I mean, yes, we had incredible success, but none of it came easy. Whereas this business if I don't know something, I literally just find someone, I hire someone, I outsource it, I buy a course, I you know, uh, invest in a mentor, whatever it is, and I just do business the easy way, which is not something I've ever done before. Yeah,
0: there's, there's a definite sense of doing the courses is important. You can't just learn stuff. You've got to go ahead and implement it, as you said, like you did the courses, with. 18 courses sounds like a lot, but mm-hmm. that's because it, it is. Um, you, you did do a lot to actually get the courses, implement the courses, to then progress. There's so many people that would do the same number of courses, maybe even more. There are people out there that go, oh, let's count how many freebies I've downloaded or free courses that I've been on or online courses that I've paid for and they've just not got anywhere I think one of the things that I want to sort of shine a light on if you will is you took action as well there are so many people that could be stuck in this oh I'll just do the courses and everything will work out versus well you've still got to do stuff as well so it's more of a just an acknowledgement of the fact that it's not just about the course is, it's about the fact that you took action as well
1: and I followed the courses to the letter so if I uh, respected someone enough to give them my hard-earned money that meant that I was going to commit to them 100% so if they told me to send an email with this subject line on this day and have this many words and to include this link you better believe I did that exact thing to the letter like I didn't think that I knew better I didn't get halfway through the course and go oh Here's another course over here on email marketing. I'll go and do this course instead. No, I found one approach. I downloaded one course or took one course in each topic that I wanted to learn. And I implemented it until it was profitable. So until, you know, my, if when it was emails, I, I did that course back to front until my emails started getting open, started getting click throughs, all those sort of things. And same with, you know, I took a course on webinars and uh and i implemented that course and then i did a live webinar i did two live webinars a week every week for the first six months after buying that course so i don't know if you've ever done a live webinar but it's pretty stressful it's like pretty draining i normally at the end i used to do them on thursdays and by thursday night you better believe i was having a big glass of wine that night because i was exhausted but the, the theory was that i would do one in the morning for my americans and then i would do one at night for my australians so that was the idea and I did that every, every week for, yeah, six months and followed that course to the letter. So every week I would do the webinar, I'd go back to the course, I'd figure out what I'd missed in the course, or I'd figured out what I could improve in the webinar. And I just got really good at it. And, and that's where, you know, it's that tenacity again, that I see a lot of people going wrong in this industry because they, they go, they buy a course, and they like, oh, and my students do the same. They go, Amber, I've done a webinar and, it, you know, I only sold three courses, I'm like, are you kidding me? You sold three courses on your first webinar? Like my first webinar, I didn't sell a thing. You know, my first six webinars, I didn't sell anything. So, um, I, and, and, and they're ready to quit after one webinar or they're ready to, or, you know, they're like, oh, I've, I've done half the course and I think I'm going to go and buy another course. And you're like, just stick to one pathway. Stick, stick to something until it's, until it's profitable.
0: Yeah, would you say that you doing the courses yourself genuinely sped up your progress? Because you mentioned the, the blood, sweat and tears lasting about six months. My intuition tells me that that would have been a whole lot longer had you not completed and implemented those courses. So what would you say the, the effect or the, the learning curve, if you will, of doing the courses has been for you?
1: I think it's been phenomenal. And I see my students who now come to me and because in my uh, signature program freedom funnels i teach you this whole business i teach you how to build an e-course i teach you funnels i teach you webinars and i teach you basically everything that i learned in those 18 courses so um but my students come to me and they go oh i've been three years trying to figure this out by myself or you know i've, I've been 18 months you know halfway through an e-course and couldn't figure out how to finish it or i've been um you know i've taken four other courses and they didn't teach me how to get get it done so like I just think, you know, imagine how many years, because at this point you're battling against time, you know, more so than how much money you're going to spend to take e-courses. You want to be the first e-course in your market. You know, you want to be the first one out there because you're going to get profit share. As we've just heard, the online learning industry is set to boom in the next couple of years. So you want to be speed you know, speed to market is absolutely a, a, a huge um, advantage in this industry.
0: Does the fact that you're early not come across like the white space is there because the course is not needed or not wanted? I mean, some people will look at that and go, well, clearly there's no demand for it then. But what you're saying is, is that it's still early doors and that's not what it means. It means that there will be a course there. You just have to decide whether you want that to be yours or not.
1: 100 percent there will absolutely be a course in everything you can imagine over the next five years so you definitely want to be the first one to be building that course and for instance my course is called freedom funnels most people have no idea what a funnel is i'm way ahead of the curve on this one and i think that i'm only just you know i feel like my funnels course is going to be successful in two years time like i don't think it's even started being successful so i think like you know where the market is headed is that uh you know in the future there'll be It'll be so much more, um, it'll be so much more available for people to buy e-courses, especially now because of COVID. I mean, six months ago, you you couldn't even work from home. Like, you know, my entire family used to go to work and I'm the one sitting on a laptop going, why are you going into an office? You work on a computer. Why don't you, you know, you can work from your home. And it was absolutely unheard of. And here we are six months later and every single person in my family is working on a laptop from the desk, same as me. So, you know, I just think that's, that's the future that we've all, you know, we've all realized that, Hey, we can do a a zoom meeting instead of a face-to-face and Hey, maybe we can learn, you know, we're seeing all these mega businesses implement LMS systems and do their training online. And it's just becoming more and more, um, you know, available and and more and more uh, associated. Whereas when I first started, like in 2015, um, I had to explain what an e-course was, you know, like, and, and I was teaching fashion stylists. So like to them. Oh my God, technology, e-course, like, you know, what the, whereas nowadays, uh, you know, nowadays I think in e-courses are pretty, pretty normal, normal thing, funnel not so much, but I'm sure everyone's going to get there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I really do think as well that um, it's going to be crazy. If anything, it's going to get more so, I mean, I'm getting comments from parents about schools doing online learning for wow. their kids as well. um, Oh, the next
1: generation will only be online. So, especially since COVID, I mean, they will, for them, online learning will be an absolute norm.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, we've got Freedom Funnels, which is helping us a lot build our our funnels out. You've got the the book coming out, and you also have a TV show. So, share a bit about how people can connect with you
1: and share about the book and the TV show as well. Hello? Oh, I, I think I lost you there. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But I'm so sorry. Right. Um, do you want to? So the... Like, uh, it looks like you said Take it from the top.
0: Yeah, Um. I'll re-ask the question, and then it'll be easy for you to, to answer it then. See if you happen to memorise everything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so three... Okay, so you've got the the course Freedom Funnels, you've got the book coming out, you've got the TV show. Share a bit about how people can connect with you, how people can find out more about your world, and share about the book and TV show as well.
1: So it was a pretty exciting uh, opportunity that came across my desk. About a year ago, they wanted to film a TV show called Dream Life, the TV show, which follows... Uh, myself and a business partner setting up an online learning academy so obviously me being the online learning specialist um, my business partner was the um, dating expert and so we were going to go to america open this new business and the tv show is a reality show that documents the creation of this business and, and what life is like setting up a new business in la so as part of the show my business partner interviews all these celebrities like um kate Jenner and um Deepak Chopra and all these other celebrities as part of the show. So there's a bit of a solid buzz in there and, you know, just the glam of Hollywood and and all of the sort of, you know, the the glamour that goes along with that. So, publicity managers and talent managers and all that kind of behind the scenes of Hollywood life. So it's a fun show. It's airing now on FYI, if you're in America, and it's going to be available very soon on Amazon and Apple TV. But I've also recently launched Dream Life, the book, which is the boss babes guide to turning your online business dream into a reality. So a lot of what we spoke about today is available in the book. The book follows my five step formula, which is the acronym for dream. So D is for define, which is where we work on your mindset. I give you some really actionable tools for things like imposter syndrome, uh, resistance, comparisonitis, and all the other things that I see a lot of people coming up against when starting this business. R is for Rarefy, which is where we make you more unique than any diamond in the world. We develop your superpowers. It's kind of your personal branding. So superpowers, genius zone, all of that good stuff. E is for estate. So as we've mentioned already, now is the time to build your estate content. So back in the day, if you're working offline, you would go and buy an estate. In the online world, in 2020 and beyond, we build our own estates. So this is where you build your uh, ebook, your e-course, or your coaching business. A is for automate. So I'm really big on funnels and automation. I love living that laptop lifestyle and, you know, enjoying my life more than I'm working hard. I've done the hard work. Now I just want to live. So A is for automate. And then M is for magnetize. So this is where we get your traffic. So social uh, social media marketing and publicity, and all of the really intelligent content marketing. And this is the order that I recommend doing business in. And it, it's the order that most people don't do business in. So most people start with M, which is magnetize, and they go, oh, I just need some more customers, or I need to, you know, more social media followers, or I need, you know, more people to know about my business. But actually, that's the last thing that you need to be doing. You need to do the other four steps first. And then once you've done that, magnetize becomes really easily. So if you go and check out um amber.courses. That's my website. There's a link to all of my uh, free one-hour masterclasses. What we spoke about today is just a fraction of the free trainings that I offer. And you can check out Dream Life, the book there as well.
0: Awesome, Amber. Well, it's been great to chat. Uh, Thanks for carving the time out for us and I look forward to keeping in touch.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I hope your audience really enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Mike.
0: There we have it. Amber Renee joining me in the studio talking about all things e-learning and how she got to where she is today really enjoy the conversation those of you that are new to the show make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes leave a review if you haven't already i love reading the reviews and i look forward to seeing you all on the next episode